I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. right? 
And this week, after Easter, is kind of the beginning of the slump for the church. And churches across the America today is Intern Sunday. I don't have an intern. I'm <laughs> In churches across America, today is Second String Pastor Preacher Sunday, right? Normally, that's what happens, right? Churches across America, this is normally Guest Pastor Sunday. I normally would not be here. I should be on a beach somewhere right now, just so you know, or like in an Adirondack chair facing the mountains, but I'm here. <laughs> I love you all. Um, so this, so this, is, this is the beginning of the slump in the church because, well, the good news of Easter has already been preached, right? We've heard the message, right? We, we sounded the trumpets and we smelled the lilies and we exclaimed the hallelujahs last week. And I'm supposed to be on vacation and you're supposed to be at home because let's be honest, who shows up on the Sunday after Easter? I have a theory about why people don't show up on the Sunday after Easter. Of course, you know, it's the day after the party and the smell of the lilies has gone away or they've started to die and the, we don't hear the trumpets anymore and the chicks have been sent back to the farm and the cello, which is more accurate than trumpet, the cello has been sent back to the music store that it belonged to. And I have a theory of why we have this post-Easter slump. And it's not really about the wave of celebration and the party being over. I think the reason why post-Easter season is so inconsequential to us, this kind of season from like mid-April to June, July-ish, really probably all the way until October, is because the season of Easter itself seems so unclear to us. Now what, right? Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We've exclaimed the good news. We've exclaimed what Christians say is the best news, the best story ever told, and so, so what? Or better yet, so, so now what? Now that this is all over. This is the fog that kind of lays thick on us throughout the season of Easter. And we ask, so now what? And, and scripture and Christian history tell us what? Okay, so Jesus now risen and revealing himself to his disciples is with them for 40 days, right? And then one day while he's with them doing his normal teachy thing, all of a sudden the clouds break open and light shines down and Jesus starts floating up to heaven, never again to be in human form on this earth. And so Jesus leaves his disciples, and sure enough, 50 days after Passover, the Holy Spirit descends on these people that were told the Spirit would descend, but the Holy Spirit descends with tongues of fire and with this wind, and people are now hearing the good news in all different languages, and the older dreaming dreams, and the young are seeing visions, and then, then what's next? Well, the church forms, right? And Decades pass, and Paul and Peter and Timothy, they continue to teach all this stuff. And decades pass, and now centuries pass, and now the church is sitting around in these councils trying to decide who is this God who met us in a manger, who died and was resurrected, and who ascended on a cloud into heaven, and then sends the spirit with tongues of fire. And they're sitting around trying to decide who is this God, and they decide this God is triune. Though there, that word is not at all in scripture, but they decide this God is so unique that, he, that this God cannot be just one person, must be three persons, but still one God. How mysterious and crazy is this? Scripture and church history give us an answer to the so now what? This is the good news. 
And that good news just keeps multiplying and building on top of each other with one miracle after the next. And this is why the Easter slump is so real. Because we're told that this good news, that this is good news, but if we're honest, it feels a little bit more like fake news. Dead men walking, a man being sucked up into the clouds, tongues of fire descending, God is one and three all in one. And like with broadcasts and social media where no one knows what to believe anymore, we're kind of left desensitized and, and disillusioned. And we've done the same with this story. It all feels a bit fake to us. A 2016 census showed that three of four Christians do not believe that the resurrection actually happened. It's a nice story, an, an easy, easy employable metaphor, perhaps, but not true. I don't have to believe that to be a Christian. This story has become like fake news to us, and so we close the book and we decide that because what comes next is just so unclear and indigestible because I don't fully know if I believe this stuff or what anything after the lilies has to do with me, I'll disengage until the next service event or the ramp up to Christmas. Am I right? The Easter season, Easter is a season, y'all, not just a day. From now until just before Memorial Day, this season, I invite you to come back with us, to not disengage, to come here the so what now to Easter as we dig into the seemingly fake news of resurrection and ascension and Pentecost and Trinity, as we explore the fantastical and mysterious and miraculous together, and we hope to find some ultimate truth in what is just simply unbelievable. I invite you to come this Easter, but today, today we read 1 John, and what 1 John is known for is taking what is unbelievable and making it about as concrete as possible. He talks about, you've heard the news, you've seen the news, you've heard this over and over again, you were witnesses to this resurrection moment. And then after that, John says, why? So that you may love one another as Christ has loved you. That's about as real as it gets. And so this morning, these meals are about as real as it gets. These meals are that simply unbelievable God taking tangible form in your hands and replicating that through the world. Come back next week and do the unbelievable thing, but today we're doing the very real and tangible thing. Would you pray with me? God of grace, we believe that when these meals in our hands and your grace all mingle together, that something miraculous happens. That no, 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 not everyone on this planet will be fed today, but bellies will be full and hearts will be full and relationships will be mended and communities will be uplifted, and that's believable. We ask that you would penetrate those places in our hearts that, has no, that have no room for the miraculous to work, no room for anything than what we can personally control and manipulate and have our own hands on in life. Open our eyes to what is beyond our comprehension, God. We join together in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.